Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Conversations. I'm your host, Reed. And I'm Frank. And today we're going to be talking about a little update on the student loan forgiveness, the illegal immigrants and some governors sending them to sanctuary cities, and the upcoming midterms elections. So let's get right into it. So first, starting with the student loans, um, as uh, I believe Friday... Uh, the Eighth Circuit Court of uh, Federal Appeals uh, put a stay on the, I believe, the processing of the applications for the program, uh, is my understanding. Yeah, I believe so, because you can still go on their website and submit, um, but until it gets decided or whatever, um, yeah, I think the government's put a pause on processing them, is what I understand. Yeah, but I know... Um, it came right after another judge had upheld the um, program, so it was uh, interesting to see that change so so quickly. But that's oh yeah, sometimes how our court system works. Well, I think there's a lot of buzz about this. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll definitely keep watching. But um, I mean, what do you think? Do you think it's bound to go all the way up to the Supreme Court, or? Uh, I think so. I think it definitely has a good chance of making it all the way up. I wouldn't be surprised, right? Actually, because um, it's it's a big deal. It really is. Yeah, definitely to a lot of people. So, <laughs> so. Um, but hopefully, uh, we'll have another update on that soon. After, I guess it goes through the rest of the appeal process. And, yep. uh, we'll be watching. Yes, we definitely will be because it's definitely a hot topic. Uh, a lot of people are questioning, you know, whether they're going to be able to take advantage of it or not. And you know, I think these back and forth rulings kind of put people in like a state of confusion and not knowing if it's going to happen or you know what the status or the situation is. Exactly. Yep. I mean, it sort of is discouraging, too, you know, to a lot of people, maybe if they submitted or if they were on the fence about whether they were going to submit and maybe now they're thinking, oh, what's the point or, you know, I mean, there's a lot of ways it could go is really my only point. And Mm -hmm. so even that can be discouraging to somebody who might, you know, have gone one way or the other. Right. Looking at the whole fight, maybe they just say, oh, I don't even want to deal with it. (laughs) So. Right. Yep, but uh, next time there's an update on it, we will give it to you people in the episode. And uh, with that, we will move on to, it's a little bit of old news, but we haven't really got to talk about it on, on the show. It's um, the situation with uh, some of these uh, Republican governors in Arizona, Texas, and Florida sending the uh, illegal illegal immigrants to uh, self-declared sanctuary cities. Um, a lot of people, especially on the left, you know, complain that it's a big political stunt and they're just using these people as well, political pawns and stuff like that. And it certainly is a political stunt, there's no doubt about it, but uh, it's a good one. I think it's absolutely genius. Yeah. I mean, truly, truly genius. 
Because that whole thing at Martha's Vineyard, mm-hmm. that was really the one that I think cracked the whole thing. Right. I mean, cracked it wide open. Right. Because, <laughs> I mean, that place is like a rich people's haven. Right. And the idea that they couldn't take these, what, 50 yeah, migrants or around whatever. Around 50 or so, yeah. They literally kicked them out. Yeah, and then, two days later, they sent them off to the Air Force Base. Like, literally kicked them out yeah. of Martha's Vineyard. They deported them from Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> and I just think it's so... It's like the pinnacle of hypocrisy. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, they call themselves sanctuary cities where you know, illegal immigrants can come and be there without fear of you know, being deported or... I guess, hassled by the local or federal government. And, you know, when other state governors try to, you know, make them put their money where their mouth is, they don't uh, they don't go along with it. It's not, it's not for them. Well, like, that's a Democrat for you. Right. And, you know, but I will say, uh, when they first started, you know, these governors first started doing I definitely had questions about it because... I would want to make sure that's all being done you know, above board. These people are clearly being explained what's going on and where they're going and why and all that stuff. You know, not just being sent to Chicago under false pretenses or anything like that. And I imagine if it were the case that it was, you know, nefarious things were going on, we'd hear about it. But, um, well, I heard that, I believe, um, like Merrick Garland or somebody, some mm-hmm. federal person directed a federal agency to look into how DeSantis had spent that money to yeah. bust those people up there. And um, I mean, so there have been calls mm-hmm. for review to look into this, right. you know, sort of for audit. And yeah, it's one of those things where I guess if you're going to get dirty like this, mm-hmm. you better do it as best as possible. Right. But the reason that it doesn't really bother me at all whatsoever is because of like what DeSantis has been saying. I mean, the argument is so good. I mean, it's that, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah. But if you want to draw attention to something, you have to do big brash things sometimes right yeah and it's like DeSantis says I mean it was this wrong of me to bust these people uh well the Obad the uh, Biden administration is bussing people around the whole country in the Mm -hmm. dead of night private flights filled with people I mean we've seen the footage we've heard the stories uh, so the only difference is DeSantis is doing it by light of day and for a reason to draw mm-hmm. attention to, you know, an issue. Right. And it's actually the left who's doing this every day of the week, except they're doing it by night and over in undercover of darkness. Mm-hmm. And who knows what whether they're doing it for nefarious reasons or not. Right. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I definitely agree with the, the move. I, I think it, you know, definitely points out, you know, how hypocritical the, the cities and the Democrats are. They said a long time ago under Trump's presidency that they were going to take care of these uh, illegal immigrants because they're sanctuary cities. 
And when somebody tries to hold them to it, they just pass the buck. They immediately uh-huh. pass the buck. Because uh, the mayor of New York started sending the uh, some of the migrants that were dropped off there elsewhere. Yep. So, And just real quick before we move on, I do have a few numbers. Uh, I got them from an article that was dated in early September, so they might be you know, a little outdated, but... Since April of this year, uh, Arizona and Texas have uh, bust about 11,000 uh, illegal immigrants. Um, 7,500 uh, went to D.C. from Texas. Another 1,800 went to New York City from Texas. And then about 1,500 of them went from Arizona to Washington, D.C. Well, I just think it's interesting, you know, still. I mean, we've Mm -hmm. covered this topic before. And I love, I mean, we did a whole segment on it where we did cities with populations that were only about a million people. Mm -hmm. And just imagine if, you know, some great big population was dropped in your town in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. You know, you could completely change the geographics of of a place. Um and, you know, we both know that that's why this is being done the way it is, mm-hmm. you know, because this is, you know, give them the vote, have them vote demographic, democratic, and it'll be one party rule for, for eternity. Right. But, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, so this has to be stopped. <laughs> it absolutely has right. to be stopped. And so, you know, sort of to lead right into the next thing, yeah. um, watching some of these midterms and the debates you know i've watched a lot of the debates recently and there's this one character carrie lake out of arizona she's running Mm -hmm. for governor there who i just love i'm fascinated by her i think Mm -hmm. she's such a cool candidate and she's all over that issue of illegal immigration and Mm -hmm. you know the fentanyl the drugs that are pouring in over the border and right um she has these really good ambitions to go down where she sees the federal government as being derelict in their duty, she plans on sending down uh, the state national guard and going down and defending the border. And um, she says that there are all kinds of assets that were purchased to, to be used for border wall construction that are just sitting down there wasting, rotting away. She said that the state is going to take and reappropriate those and try to finish building the border wall and stuff like this. So she has these very proactive and Mm -hmm. very logical um, things that she wants to put in place as governor of Arizona. And she just sounds so amazing. I mean, she has such a positive energy about her and she's got an answer for everything, you know, and I like that kind of I think that kind of um, governance will be good for Arizona, especially compared to somebody like Katie Hobbs, right? who I don't know if you've seen her, but most people haven't. Well, <laughs> she's been hiding away. Yeah. I, I've seen some clips of her and I don't know a whole lot about either of them, but just watching video of Carrie Lake being interviewed and Katie Hobbs being interviewed Katie Hobbs is like a little church mouse, yeah. timid church mouse compared to uh, Carrie Lake. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I think that the personality contrast alone is uh, quite interesting. And 
Oh yeah. You know, as a, if if somebody was a casual observer, I would be hard hard to be convinced to vote for Katie Hobbs just watching her. Well, she tries to come off as meek. That's the best thing I can say right. about her little performance that mm-hmm. she gives on. She tries to come off as meek, but she's not. I, she, to me, she's very sinister. And she reminds me a lot of um, our once Secretary of State of West Virginia, Natalie Tennant, because I don't know if you saw this piece, but Katie Hobbs is the current Secretary of State Mm -hmm. of Arizona, and she just made a mistake with something like 6,000 or 10,000 ballots Mm -hmm. that had to be, you know, recalled, destroyed, reprinted, redistributed, and uh, all at the cost of the taxpayer— because she can't do her job. It went all the way up to the Supreme Court of Arizona, just like in the Natalie Tennant case. This happened when she was Secretary of State of West Virginia. Same thing. She made a mistake with ballots. It went all the way up to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. She had to redo them at the cost of the taxpayer while she was in a race, while she was running. Right. I mean, you don't make mistakes like that. Well, the point is the Arizona Supreme Court called Katie Hobbs incompetent. Can you believe that? I mean, this decision just came. Yeah. <laughs> While she's running for governor, she was called incompetent at her current job, Secretary of State, right. by the Supreme Court. I mean, it doesn't get any richer than that. Right. That's somebody who doesn't need a promotion. Yeah, and if I, that's one thing I would kind of be pointing out if I was Carrie Link. I mean, well, there are definitely been. bigger issues to be pointed out, but that's definitely... No, a good reason. Uh huh. Yep. But yeah, that is quite quite a race to have your eyes on. Uh, Carrie Lake definitely seems pretty popular, so we'll we'll find out soon. She seems like a very Reagan esque character, and she keeps right. comparing herself to Reagan too. Mm-hmm. So that helps. Yeah. Well, uh, with that, we'll kind of go into um, the. Senate races uh, for the midterms. Uh, we figured we'd talk about that because compared to the United States House of Representatives, uh, the Senate, the current Senate race seems more you know, up in the air whether or not the Republican Party will take the majority. And for the House, it definitely seems a little more certain. The only question is how much of a majority Depending on what poll you look at, if you even believe polls. So, um, I guess first we'll start with the Arizona Senate race, since we're just talking about Arizona. It is um, current incumbent uh, Mark Kelly, Democrat, versus uh, Blake Masters, uh, running for the Republican Party. And uh, it's uh, a lot of people are saying it's a pretty close race. Um, it's almost a toss-up between the two, I believe. And I kind of think, um, from what I've been hearing, it seems like Blake Masters has a decent shot, especially because he's, one of the things I've seen him do is try to tie Mark Kelly to, you know, the Biden administration and voting along with, uh, you know, his... Radical agenda. Right, yeah. <laughs> Radical spending, all that. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so that is one that's um, Ballotpedia, the website I got some of this info from, says is a battleground state. 
and it uh, seems like a lot of people agree. It seems to be pretty close. Um, uh, I suppose I don't have too much uh, notes or anything on that particular race. Well, you know, the name doesn't even sound familiar to me. Like, I almost want to Google Blake Masters right now. So, I mean, maybe there's been buzz. I just haven't heard it. (laughs) So, I want to kind of look him up. I, I don't recognize his name, but I would certainly vote for him over... The Democrat. Yeah, I mean, Mark Kelly. I think everybody knows my feelings by now, but right. <clears throat> anybody who votes for a Democrat this time around is crazy. Right. <laughs> well, speaking of crazy, I'll go ahead and talk about the next thing, which uh, we're going backwards if we're going alphabetical order, which is the, list, the way I have it listed. But Alaska. Uh, Alaska uh, seems like it's a little bit more of a closer race than um previously uh, expected and what's special about Alaska's race this year it's the first year they're doing ranked choice voting um which if people don't know about that uh the basic explanation of it is when you go to vote you pick like your top 3 candidates like say uh how about i just go look at the names here in Alaska. All right. It's Lisa Murkowski, who's running for Republican Party. Um, Patricia Chesbro. And uh, Kelly Chewbacca, who's also running as a Republican. And uh, the way ranked choice voting would work is like, say you like uh, Lisa Murkowski the most, than the other Republican... Kelly, uh, Chewbacca, uh, second, and then the Democrat. Well, if your first choice, Lisa Murkowski, doesn't get enough votes, um, then your second choice, if more people voted for them, you know, then that's kind of how it goes. And then your third choice, it kind of adds up the total of everybody's choices. If that makes sense, I don't think I'm doing a very good job of explaining it. Well, it does kind of make sense. Um, you basically rank your favorites, and then... But it's also, like, by popularity, yeah, too. So you're right. kind of trying to go with the majority vote. Right. So you're like, my first vote is Murkowski. Right. If she's going to come out first. Right. But if she's not going to come out first, then my next vote would be Chewbacca right. to come out on top. So see, if more people voted for Chewbacca, then, okay, your vote would go with that one because it's got the greater majority behind it. Yep. Uh, It's an interesting way of doing it. Alaska's not the only place that does that. I think maybe just New York City or the whole state of New York. I don't know which one. Um, I almost feel pretty certain about New York City. That's how they vote for their mayor, I believe. Well, I don't know. But I've heard good things about that Chewbacca. Yeah, uh, that's one of the things I was going to say is the other guy who was running for a Republican, uh, Buzz Kelly, uh, he dropped out and endorsed her, and it seems to have pushed her up in the polls a little more. Um, so it could be a close race between her, Lisa Murkowski, and the... Uh, well, Murkowski needs to get out of there. She's a yeah, rhino. Right. 
And I think that some people's concern that uh, you know splitting the vote between the two Republicans might make it easier for the Democrat to win. You know what else makes it easier for the Democrat to win? Murkowski being a terrible person. Yeah. So I'm j- I'm ready to just risk it all. I and I'm betting on Chewbacca. Sure. Yeah. I'm, I'd probably vote for her too. Um. So hopefully. It'd be nice to see her win. So if she doesn't win, I guess we'll take Murkowski back. Yeah, that's better for than sure. better than the Democrat because yep. we want the majority. Yep. That's the whole point. Of course, of course, we want a Republican. I would never right. vote for a Democrat ever, especially in this cycle. Right. But I don't want Murkowski if I don't have to have her. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yep. All right, next, uh, this will probably be a pretty quick one. Florida, it's Marco Rubio, the current incumbent, versus Val Demings. Uh, That was an interesting debate. I watched that one, too. I believe she used to be um, a House representative. Uh, Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Is she not still? Because I know— Maybe she is. She very well might be. She might be, but I know she was one of the um, impeachment lawyers Hmm. in Trump's— thing who came over from the house and uh-huh. like presented the evidence or whatever huh. she was one of them right but um yeah i hadn't seen the debate but i uh from what i hear it's a closer race than it probably should be but marco rubio is still expected to win which and i hope he does i would agree with i think he'll he'll win I think he's a good guy, but I don't think he's the star that sure. he could have been at one point. Yeah, yeah, I think he's pretty pretty decent. Um, I can't say there are too many bad things uh, I have to say about him. I'm sure other people might. I think he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty average. I'll tell you another one that they say is neck and neck. Mm-hmm. It's the one that's going to be on later tonight. Oh, yep. Because um, we are recording this as of, what, the 25th, October 25th here. So yep. tonight's the debate between Mehmet Oz and John, John Fetterwoman. Fetter <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John Fetterman. Um, yeah, that is going to be an interesting debate. Uh, I saw a poll today. Sorry to talk over you, but it's just okay. the way you were saying the other one's neck and neck. I saw a poll that said it's 51% for Fetterwoman and 49 for Oz going into the debate. Right. So they, they're calling it neck and neck. Well, I think after the debate that might change. <laughs> I would hope so. I don't see how it could be neck and neck right now. Yeah. Unless it's one of those false stories. You right. Know? They plant the idea in everybody's head going into the debate that it's right. a dead heat. I mean, I don't know how much impact the recent story of the NBC uh, reporter who was talking about interviewing John Fetterman and having to use the closed captioning system. Yeah. I'm sure you might have seen that clip. Oh, yeah, certainly. Yeah. Um, but if if he has any trouble at the debate, I think that's definitely not going to help him. Yeah. And I <laughs> I feel sorry for the guy. I really do. I think he should have uh, given up on the race after his stroke. I can't I can't believe his family still pushing him to do this. Huh. I'd quite frankly be 
you know, embarrassed and ashamed of the other family members putting him through it because he's clearly, you know, not right anymore. He has been affected by the stroke he has, unfortunately. And that's certainly not, we're certainly not making fun of the man. But, you know, how, if he has trouble processing information that's being spoken to him without any assistive devices, and I don't know how you can just walk around the halls of the Senate all day with a closed caption system to help you out. And how's he going to do his job? He's just going to have to have all the aides do it. And people have tried to compare this to, like, other types of disabilities, you know, being able to perform the job. Well, being in a wheelchair because you're paralyzed or being blind or, you know, whatever, doesn't impair your cognitive ability inherently. I mean, there could be other underlying conditions, but that's not going to stop you from being able to understand the job and the task at hand and... That's a good point. Yeah, and understanding and a, the law and all that. And you'd think people would agree. I mean, if he's supposed to be deciding big things like impeachment trials mm-hmm. and and whether or not we're going to war, right? nuclear war with Russia and stuff like that, then, uh, yeah, you would want somebody of sound mind. Right. <clears throat> yeah. So I, I think... Uh, There's nothing wrong with being able to discriminate yeah. that fact that somebody is not of sound mind. Right. And again, I I feel like people shouldn't have to make this clarification, but it's nothing against him. He he had a stroke for crying, crying out loud. I mean, it can't be helped. When I can tell you, I mean, this is a sort of a weird point to make, but I don't like the guy. Oh, yeah. But me I mean, not liking even, him even and if him he, being in this position have nothing to do with sure. each other. <laughs> they I mean, really don't. Besides the stroke, I certainly wouldn't, I wouldn't be voting for him no matter what. I would hope he would lose terribly in the race because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he's a radical. Yeah, and he's just dumb in my opinion. Right. I mean, to a certain extent, and this is where, you know, I'm not trying to be funny exactly, but in my Opinion, his mind wasn't that sound before the stroke. Sure. So, yeah. it really makes no difference to me that he's had a stroke. It does suck for the guy. Yeah. But he's still just as bad, if, if not worse. Mm-hmm. You know, he is worse in a way. Right. Because of it. Yeah. It's sad. But, uh, yes, ho- uh, hopefully... Uh We'll uh, see how that turns out but soon. But it'd be even more sad if the people of Pennsylvania elected that. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> Definitely would be. And uh, let's see, who is next? Oh, here's a good one. Georgia. It's uh, current incumbent Raphael Warnock versus Herschel Walker. Hey! That yeah. was a great debate. Right. <clears throat> I oh. loved that one. Real quick, in the Pennsylvania race, uh, the current incumbent, Pat Toomey, is not running for re-election. That's why we got Mehmet Oz versus John Fetterman. Yeah. But, uh, yes, Georgia, uh, Raphael Warnock is running to get his first full term because he... He had that special special election. Special election that he 
should not have won. Right. But uh, what was did. the girl's name? Leffler, Leffler, uh, yeah, Lori Leffler, or something Lof- like that. Yeah, something like that. Leffler, Leffler. Yes. Um, but I think that's uh, another close one. But I. St- I hope it's not. I yeah, I don't think it's as close as uh, it might seem. I think uh, Herschel Walker might take it because we're talking about Georgia. I don't think Georgia is that blue of a state, and. That special election was a fluke. Yeah, for sure. But uh, you watched the debate, so how, what was that like? I haven't seen anything from it. Oh, it was really good. Um, Warnock kept doing this trick. You know he's like supposedly a preacher or mm-hmm. whatever. He kept doing this thing where he was saying, the Republicans are trying to put the doctor in your bedroom. They're trying to put the doctor oh, yeah. right I did there see that clip. In, in the hospital. Uh-huh, Herschel Walker said the, there, what, oh, the government. baby in the room. Yeah, and he, hang on, you kind of, I was trying to set it up, oh. but I kind of got it wrong anyway. He was saying, um, he's trying to put the government in your bedroom, and he's trying to put the government in your doctor's office. Um, and yeah, he did. He ended up saying, well, you know what? There's also a baby in that room. Right, yeah, that was a good one. Uh, it was a really good one. The audience just about gasped. You could feel the tension. Yeah. <clears throat> it was a really good point. Yeah, Herschel Walker seems like he'll be pretty decent. I'm, I know some people uh, are a little weary of him. Well, I can tell you I'm not because he calls upon God and not in some kind of phony baloney way that somebody like Warnock would. He right. was great. I I was really impressed by Walker. That's that's what I took away from the debate. Right. Yeah, um it would be nice to see him win. I think he's going to win. Uh and I think he'll do a pretty decent job. I mean he He's definitely do bad, interesting worse character. Worse than the other guy. Yeah. He used to be a f- pro football player. I think that's his claim to fame, claim to if fame. I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I know yeah. it's sports. Yeah. He looks uh, like a boxer. Huh? He looks like a boxer, oh. like his build. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, next we got uh, Missouri, which is another closer than expected race. Um, the current uh, seat holder, uh, Roy Blunt, I believe is his name. Uh, is not running for election, re-election. So this time we got uh, Eric Schmidt running for a Republican and Trudy Bush Valentine running for the Democrat Party. And I didn't know this until recently. She's the heiress to the the Bush Anheuser Bush. Oh, uh, which one? The Democrat. Yeah, Trudy well, Bush Valentine. Uh, I hope she does not win. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I really don't know too much about either of these candidates. Um, I really hadn't heard too much about this particular race until recently. Um, but like all, like we've been saying, we are shooting for that majority in the Senate, so we definitely want that Republican to win. Oh, yeah. Let's go Eric Schmidt. That's right. If you're in Missouri, go vote for Eric Schmidt. Yeah, and tell us your thoughts. Yeah. Is he a good guy? Right. 
And you can tell us your thoughts about any of these candidates or any of these topics we've been covering. You can shout out to us on Twitter, at Contempt Conserve, or you can email us, and you can find those email addresses in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. Yes, we most certainly would. And next is um, one of these races that uh, is closer than expected, but in the other way, for uh, in a good way for Republicans, it's Nevada. This uh, Catherine Cortez Masto versus Adam Laxalt, or Lasalt, L-A-X-A-U-L-T, Laxalt. I think that's how I've heard it pronounced. Um, she is the, well, Cortez Masto is the current uh, incumbent running for her seat again. And um, Laxalt, uh, I don't know if he's run for office in the state. But from my understanding, he's definitely a well-known name already within Nevada. And um, which one's the Republican? Uh, last uh, Adam Laxalt. Oh, okay. Yeah, Catherine Cortez Masto is a current seat holder, Democrat. Gotcha. And um, uh, a lot of people think that it. It could go Republican because he's uh, Adam Laxalt. One of the things he's been focusing on is, um, you know, all the COVID restrictions and lockdowns that's uh, were unconstitutional, uh, right? And how greatly it affected the state of Nevada because their primary economy is tourism, right? You know, and for a while, all the casinos were shut down, the hotels. Restaurants, everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with an economy that basically runs on other people coming to your your city and your state, that's uh, really going to have a pretty big effect on a lot of the citizens. Sure. He's really hitting that issue, and it seems to be well, good for working him. for him. Good. Yep. And uh, let's see, what's next we got? Oh. Uh, one that hits close to home? Uh, no, not quite. Uh, this is another one that's um, closer than expected in uh, favor of Republicans. It's in New Hampshire. Hmm. Um, the current incumbent Maggie Hassan, or Hassan, I've heard people pronounce it different ways, Democrat, is up against, um, what's this fellow's name? Don Boldock, uh, B-O-L-D-U-C. Or Bodek. Uh I don't know too much about him. Like I said, this is a recent one that people have been looking at. Uh, so I, hopefully he wins. <laughs> yeah, um, Bulldog. Yeah, we'll call him Bulldog. Uh, yeah, I wish I had the chance to look up at least a campaign out of his or something, but didn't get the chance to. But uh, that'll be nice. I mean, it's good to see that. You know, a couple of these races are, you know, seem to be a little bit more toss-ups than previously expected, which, you know, hopefully is picking away at the stranglehold some of the Democrats have in these various states. Oh, yeah. They don't uh, deserve any kind of stronghold. <laughs> right. All right, next is North Carolina. We're... Making our way through the list here, only a couple more. Um, current incumbent, uh, 
shoot, I didn't write his name down. Uh, he's not running again. <laughs> so we got Ted Budd, who's actually a House of Representatives uh, for North Carolina, running for the Senate seat, versus uh, Cheryl Beasley, who um, maybe Attorney General or Secretary of State. She's some office in the state of North Carolina currently. Maybe she's a judge. I think that might be it. Something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Ted Budd's probably got a pretty good shot. He already has you know, name recognition. He's already is representing the people of North Carolina on the federal level. Um, I've seen a few clips of him talk before. He seems pretty decent. I don't know a whole lot about him. He's kind of like one of those... You know, like a lot of people in the House, you know, you don't hear too much about them. They're just out representing the their constituents. Yeah. And sometimes that's, I think those are some of the better people, the ones you don't hear much about, who aren't really out trying to... Just get the fame. Right, make a name for themselves or anything like that. They're just trying to do the will of the people, do what they send them there for. So good luck to him in North Carolina. Yeah. All right. Now we're finally close to home. Ohio. Current incumbent Rob Portman's not running for re-election again. So this time we got J.D. Vance running for the Republican seat. And I believe current House of Representatives Tim Ryan uh, running for the Democrat, who also ran for president uh, last time, I believe. Or maybe it was twenty. 16. One of those two cycles. he's a moron. (laughs) Yeah, and he didn't win. Nope. Didn't come close, as I recall. Right. And I don't think he's going to win again. I don't think so either. Yep. I think J.D. Vance has a pretty decent shot at winning. Yeah, and once again, you know, I don't think he's going to be the bestestest ever person. But he's got my vote. Right. Yep. Definitely will have mine also. Uh, did you have any more comments from the debate since About you got to watch them, that one? Tim yeah. Ryan and J.D. Vance. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that Tim Ryan comes off as very sort of sober and almost like experienced. And I know you mentioned he might be in like the house, but yeah. he almost comes off as being senatorial already. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of gave me pause. Right. Um, but... Overall, I mean, he's a Democrat. I don't trust him as far sure. as I can sling a piano. Right. And um, I, you know, it really doesn't matter. He could be the best candidate in the world. I sure. would not vote for him this cycle. So, right. Yeah, I definitely. I guess I just more. Um, I, I tried to get to know J.D. Vance through the debate a little sure. more. Yeah, I mean, in some of the interviews I've seen of Tim Ryan, he definitely, you know, composed himself well. He seems. You know, reasonable as far as, you know, he's not completely radical. He's, like, cool-headed. Yeah, 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 exactly. He kind of reminds me of, like, a younger Bill Clinton in a way. Sure, I get that, totally. Yep. So we'll see how that race shakes out. It's another one that uh, people say is going to be pretty close. And uh, we'll definitely have our eye on it. And let's see, we already talked about Pennsylvania. Um, oh, we only got two more. These will be pretty quick. Utah, 
Um, current incumbent Mike Lee is having a little bit of trouble uh, in the polls, at least, uh, running against uh, independent uh, Evan McMullen, who I believe also tried to run for president. Um, and one of the big complaints I've been hearing about this race is that Squish Mitt Romney has not endorsed or anything related to endorsing uh, Mike Lee, his fellow Republican from Utah. And nobody knows why. And uh, it'd probably help a little bit if he did, I'm sure. Yeah, add a little more recognition. Sure, yeah. Whatever, attention. Right. But uh, I think Mike Lee's pretty good. I've kind of been following him a little bit for a while. He's constitutional conservative. He's a lawyer, pretty well-spoken. Yeah, I like him. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I like him. I think he's a good guy. Yeah, I definitely like him, too. And I think he'll still win because, you know, I mean, when I was looking at the candidate list for running in Utah, no Democrats. It's just uh, Mike Lee, maybe a libertarian, and a handful of independents. Wow. So Maybe I should move out there. <laughs> right. So I think he still has a pretty good shot. It's just a little surprising to me, at least, that, you know, it's not like he's running away with the race like I might might have thought he would. But good luck to him. Um, I think he'll do do a pretty good job. I'd like to see him back in the Senate once again. Yep. Now, who's last but certainly not least? Wisconsin. We got Ron Johnson who's the current incumbent, running against um, Mandela Barnes, a fellow I'm not too familiar with. Is he a Democrat? Uh, yes. And I hope is. we stay unfamiliar. <laughs> yeah. I like Ron Johnson. He's all right. Yeah, he's, he does okay. He's a pretty good guy. Um, you know, I think, from my understanding, it was like earlier in the summer during that stretch of time where Democrats were kind of gaining in the polls, mm-hmm. whereas uh, this Mandela Barnes was kind of cutting in on uh, Ron Johnson's lead. But I think uh, it's kind of settled, and he probably still has a good, you know, sizable percentage lead. Well, maybe not sizable, but... Still in the lead, I would, I would guess from what I've been hearing. And, you know, I don't, uh, once again, know too many details on these specific candidates. I tried to get around to looking up a couple of campaign ads to get a good idea of what they're focusing on. But I imagine, well, I do know for certain that Ron Johnson's been talking about the economy because I have seen him talk about that, at least. How all the... The spending. Uh, oh, yeah. Yep. They're crazy. How all that's been. Well, and I can tell you, I mean, just as sort of one of my wrap-up thoughts, because I don't mm-hmm. know how much longer we're going to go here, but um, I can tell you, I think we're really going to do well. Yeah. Like, better than predicted. Yeah. Better than, I mean, we've been saying it's a bloodbath. It's going to be a bloodbath for a while on this channel. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad. It doesn't look like we're going to have to really walk that back. Um, in the last couple of days... Uh, I don't know if you saw this. Um, there were two different stories, but 
Pelosi's been telling the Democrats that they need to change the conversation on inflation because this is a global issue, you know. Mm. So therefore, you're just stupid if you talk about inflation because it's right. affecting everybody, you know. Um, but they've also brought out Obama right, to yep. say basically the same thing. Obama was seen mm-hmm. in an interview saying that Democrats need to stick to kitchen table issues. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, the, they're scared like, yeah, if they're bringing like out they're Obama. Desperate. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, I... I don't know if I would still use the word bloodbath personally myself, but sure. I definitely think we still have got the wind at our back going into Some this. kind of red wave. Yeah, definitely. We're, my opinion is that we're definitely going to take the house back. Uh, by how much of a majority? Not sure. I think it'll be you know, a good one. Not, it's not going to be a slim. Maybe... 15. Yeah, 15, 20 seats. Not... Probably not the full potential. I think like thirty-five. I they think. said, uh, yeah, I saw one. I think that said thirty-two. So yeah, yeah something like that. So I think somewhere in the middle, we're, we're definitely going to take it. I think, and the Senate, uh, that's where it's a little more questionable. Um, but I think we might be able to pull off a win. Yeah, because we just need one. That's yeah. all we need. Yep. Just need that the gets, fifty-one. That gets that Kamala out of our hair. Right. <clears throat> Yep, and I think we'll uh, I think we'll be able to do it, God willing. God willing. That's right. And uh, any final thoughts there, Frank? No, I would just thank the people for listening. I know this might have been a longer one. I'm sure. not sure uh, what time we're up to, but I've enjoyed it. You know, I've yeah. really enjoyed watching these debates, and um, I've I don't know what time it was supposed to come on, but I'm gonna be going to watch Fetter Woman. Uh, <laughs> Right. Just as soon as it's available. So yep. <clears throat> if you folks get a chance to watch that or if you've watched any other de- of the other debates, um, I'd love to hear your thoughts because I did watch them and a couple that we didn't mention here tonight either. So right. if you've seen a good debate recently and want to shoot me an email, I'd welcome it. Right. Definitely. And uh, for any opinions, thoughts or comments you might have about what we discussed in this episode the illegal immigration which is a big deal they just released last fiscal year's numbers we might get to that in the next episode and uh, uh, the student loans or the midterms be sure to tweet at us at contempt conserve or email at us find those email addresses in the show notes and be sure to check out our website contemporaryconservative.net yes it's been a while but there's some new articles up there so go check that out and as always thanks for listening